0: Acts chapter 4 70 days ago 7-0 I asked you to take 66 days and pray for our church and for the will of God to be done and I hope you've done that and I hope it's become a habit for you and I hope you'll continue to do that I want to perhaps give you a new challenge this evening I want to give you a quote though by Hudson Taylor it says this, God's work done God's way, will never lack God's supply. God's work, done in God's way, will never lack God's supply. Last week we looked at the mission of being, uh, of the mission being of utmost importance. And basically what happened was Peter and John healed this man and they are pulled into the council and the council threatens them and says you are not to speak in the name of Jesus again. And they say basically to this extent, listen, you can judge for yourself if we should do what you say or what God says. And they begin to do, continue to do what God says and they um, basically threaten them a little bit further and uh, push them out of the council. And that's really where we pick up the story And and Peter and John really did stand up for the name of Jesus. But I want you to think about this as we go through this message. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Acts chapter 4, look at verse 23 with me if you would. The Bible says, and being let go, this is Peter and John, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that they lifted, excuse me, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ, for of a truth against Thy holy child Jesus, whom Thou hast anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever Thy hand and Thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto Thy servants that with all boldness they may speak Thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for allowing us to serve you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and loving us to be able to do that. Father, I pray that we would return that love to you. I pray that now you would be with this message, that you would uh, fill every person in this place, Father, for me to speak and even to receive and for these others to receive what it is you have for uh, your people at this time from your word. And Father, I pray that our lives would be changed because of it. We look forward to what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you, I want to continue on in our series again of the prevailing church, and it just so happens that both of these fall on the same Sunday, but I want to give you a, a, a sub-series, if you will, and I've entitled it The Extent of Unity. If you'll remember, the last time we talked about unity, it was unity in prayer. And so now we're going to spend a, a, several weeks in unity and, and what it does and the extent of it. So, if you will, in this passage of Scripture... Peter and John come back from um, everything that they have just been through. They've just come out of the council chambers and now they go back to their own people and they begin to rehearse those things that, that have been done to them. They went all the way back starting to the healing of the lame man. Hey, we healed a lame man. He was amazing. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't walk from his mother's womb. And, and we began to, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have any gold or silver to give him, but we said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and you'll never believe it. He got up and walked. And then the Sadducees. And the rulers and the chief priests, they all come and they kind of surround us. And they begin rehearsing all of these things. And then they threatened us. And they told us never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and we said that if you have to determine whether we should do what's right in the sight of God or right in your sight. And I can imagine the group and the company saying amen. And they begin to rehearse these things. Notice with me, they lift up their voice. Verse 24 And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God, watch this, with one accord. With one accord. They were unified in this thing. They were unified together. This was not just Peter and John. This was not maybe just the disciples. I believe there were many of them gathered together. That With one accord, they were together. Every single one of them. So before we really dig into this passage of Scripture, I want to ask one question. And it's for each individual here tonight. Children, teenagers, I guess they're all next door. We'll exclude any teenagers. But for every individual, I want to ask you this question. Will you sit this one out? Will you sit this one out? It's a question that only you can determine. But will you sit this out or will you join? I want to show you the first thing tonight. Number one. As a unified group, they acknowledged God. They acknowledged God. Let's look back in this passage of Scripture. Look at verse 24. When they had heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Watch this now. And said, Lord, thou art God which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. And who by the mouth of David, uh, excuse me, by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And they really do continue. So they begin to acknowledge God. They begin to point their minds immediately to God and, and begin to acknowledge who he is and realize who he is. Well, what did they acknowledge about God? Number one, I want you to see his power. Again, look at the verse 24, it says, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They begin to realize and acknowledge who God is and the power that he has, the, the power to speak the world into existence. Again, thou hast made heaven, earth, sea, and all the things that are in them. God, it's you who has done that. God is the one who spoke the world into existence he said, Let there be light. And there was light. God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And it did. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and a beast of the earth after his kind. Get this, and it was so. God is powerful. Do you realize that? Oh, I think we know it. But do we realize it? Do we realize who God is and the true power that he has? I mean, these people immediately, 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 they with one accord, they begin to recognize the power of God. God, you are the one who spoke the world into existence. You've made everything. You've made man. You've, as we learned in our Connect classes, you've destroyed man and kept one man who was righteous and fulfilled everything you wanted to do through that man. Everything you're doing, you've created. Everything you see, you've created. You are in control. Have you ever acknowledged the omnipotence or the all-powerfulness of God? Again, I don't think that's something necessarily that we don't believe, but it's something that we often don't practice. We often don't practice talking to God about who He is, talking about God and, and what He's done for us and really praising Him. Have you ever realized that God can take the sun, which He created and make it stand still? The story of Joshua. That's God. That's our God. That's the God we serve. You ever realize that God, the one who created the waters, can split the waters and create more dry ground for his people to walk across? You realize that God, the one who created the world, can place the entire sin of an entire nation and an entire world of people, place it on one man. And that sin kills that man who never knew sin and... Three days later, that same God can say, arise. And he rises out of the ground, conquering death and hell. That's the power of God. We need to acknowledge the power of God. Folks, we don't acknowledge the power of God enough. At least I don't. I know God can do things, and I understand that he has done things, but do I acknowledge the power of God in my life with me? You know what happens when we acknowledge the power of God? It will do a couple of things, but one thing I think we need to key in here is we begin to acknowledge our weakness. You see, when you realize the true power of God, you begin to go, oh man, I am nothing. I am just a lump of clay in the potter's hands. And that's really where we should start. And I'm so grateful that these people here, this was the place they started. Acknowledging the power of God. But number two, they didn't just acknowledge the power. This is going to sound funny, but they acknowledged His knowledge. Look with me, verse 25. Who by the mouth of thy of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. The kings of the earth stood up and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, watch this, thing. they start naming names. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. Why? Verse 28 For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. You see, in the time of David, David prophesies under the inspiration of, his, of the Holy Spirit, inspiration of God, and says, "Listen, these are the things that are going to happen. they're predetermined. they're determined that Christ is going to die." And, and, and David foretells of that. And they begin naming names Herod and Pontius Pilate, which we both know, we all know that both of them were a part of the trials of Jesus Christ. And they did that. And the Gentiles and the Jews, they, they all were against Jesus for a purpose, for a knowledge that God had predetermined before the world began, the Bible says, that He should die for us, and that the door would be open to the Gentiles, and that, that Jesus Christ would have be the saving power that gets people to heaven. You see, they acknowledged His knowledge. I don't like to re-preach a message that I preached this morning, but it would be pretty easy to right now. The fact of the matter that God knows everything that's going on. doesn't matter where we are in the world. doesn't matter what's going on in the world. God knows about it, and He's got a predetermined plan. It doesn't matter what you do. God's will will be done. You know, the fact of the matter is this. We can either be a part of God's will, or we can be outside of it, but God's will will be done. You, you mark it down. God's will will be done with or without us. I want to be on the winning side. I want to be with God. I want God to use me in in His plan. I don't want to be a part of any other plan. And so these people acknowledge God's knowledge. We realize you are higher. God knew what He was doing. God's knowledge far exceeds our own. God can see, I love this, I can't even fathom this. God can see from the beginning of your life to the end of your life. That's unfathomable. But there's maybe 100 people here tonight. He could see every one of yours. And you know what? Forget it. He could see 7 billion people's. And you know what? Forget that. Over the last 6,000 years, he could see everybody's life from beginning to end. You know what? Forget that. He could see the beginning of the earth and the end of it. Folks, we're talking about the knowledge of God that's absolutely amazing, that is far beyond anything that we could comprehend. He's the beginning and the end. The Bible says he's the Alpha and Omega. This is the God that we serve. Have we ever acknowledged, here's another biblical term, or excuse me, a theological term for you, omniscience of God. The all-knowingness. Have we ever acknowledged that? Have you ever realized how much God knows? He knows every hair that is on your head. Every one of them. He sees every sparrow that falls. He knows every one of his children by name. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We need to acknowledge the knowledge of God. And again, when we realize the knowledge of God, Begin, I believe we begin to realize how finite and how small we are. I believe these two points are so important because, first of all, anytime you think you can do anything on your own, you're destined for failure. I'm sorry to tell you that. I don't like that myself, but that's the truth. And here the people are. You know what they're doing? They're not focusing on themselves. They begin focusing immediately on the power and knowledge of God. God, you are all-powerful. God, you are all-knowing. We know that and we're acknowledging that. And we cannot do this in our own strength. We need you. And so they acknowledge God. Number two, I want you to see that they asked for boldness. They asked for boldness. If you will, look at verse 29 with me, please. The Bible says, And now, Lord... Behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Can I ask you a question? Why do you think they ask for boldness? Now, again, remember, 2020 is pretty easy. When you're looking backwards, it's pretty easy to see. Why, we, and we ask for boldness all the time. God, give me boldness. Give me boldness. Why do you think these people would ask for boldness? Human nature says that if you're threatened, you're probably not going to do what you were threatened not to do, right? Let me give you a for instance. If you go to a door, any door, doing whatever you want to do, knock on the front door there's this big burly man with a big beard with a baseball bat on his shoulder. And he walks up to the door and says, what do you want? Right now, I'm scared to death. You can tell him whatever. You could be there saying hello, welcome to the neighborhood. Whatever you want to say. You could be knocking on doors and witnessing to people. It doesn't matter. But whatever you say, you say. And he says, if I ever see you on my property again, you and this baseball bat are going to meet. How many of you are going to go back to that door? Oh, you you people are so smart. Listen, I wouldn't be going back to that door. You realize that's just what happened here? I don't know what they were threatened with. I know that beatings and scourgings was was not uh, a, a, a small thing, and it wasn't something that they never really did. No, these were things they did all the time. And so beatings, scourging, I don't know what it was, but they were threatened with that. If you speak in the name of Jesus again, you will be, you can do anything else you want. You can speak in any other name you want, but don't speak in the name of Jesus Christ. And so they were threatened by this. And so listen, human nature is this, if we're threatened, we don't necessarily have boldness anymore. We don't necessarily want to just tromp right up to that door and say, hey, buddy, go ahead and take your best shot, do we? No. Stay with me. No. But they asked for boldness. How many times do you think that people have said something to you about your religion? Hey, we don't want to hear that around here. Don't preach at me. Who do you think you are? Are you holier than thou? The list could go on and on, and immediately we feel threatened by that, and immediately our our mouth closes, and immediately for days and weeks and even months, sometimes afterwards, we won't say anything because somebody just said something to us. And I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to belittle that. I'm not trying to say I'm just trying to say that's human nature. And so these people, they're they're begging God for boldness because they've just been threatened with their lives, but yet they know. They know that Jesus said, listen, you need to go and you need to preach and you need to tell all nations about me. You need to baptize them. And you need to teach them. Folks, listen, they ask for boldness. What did they ask for boldness about? If you look in verse 29 again, That with all boldness they may speak thy word. That's the exact opposite of what the council just told them. That's the exact opposite of what the council just said. Listen, the direct instruction for the council was that they were to no more speak in the name of Jesus. And these people are praying, saying, help them to have boldness to speak in the name of Jesus. Help them to have boldness to speak thy word. What are you, nuts? Stop praying that. (laughs) We don't want that. We don't want our heads cut off. We We don't want to be beaten. We don't want to be scourged. We don't want to be shunned. We don't want to be pushed out. They were asking God to grant them boldness that they wouldn't be afraid of any retribution that would come. That no matter what, they would do what Christ said and speak the word of God. So they asked for boldness To speak the word. Number two, they asked for boldness to live in Jesus' name. If you look at verse 30 with me. The end of verse 29. And that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. So as they were going out that they would be able to continue to heal people. That they would continue to be able to touch people. That many signs and wonders would be done by the name, get this again, the exact opposite of what the council said. By the name of the holy child Jesus. We want to do things God's way. We don't want to hide it. We want to do things by the name of Jesus Christ. We want to live that way. So they asked for boldness to speak and boldness to live and work in the name of Jesus. I believe they were asking that God's will be done in their lives every single day. God, grant us the boldness to do your will. And that they would have the boldness to do what needed to be done for God to be pleased. You see, again, it all points back to the first point of acknowledging God. Acknowledging who God is and what he is and realizing that we do everything for him. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what man does. It's all about what God says. And pleasing God. Number three, very quickly, I want to show you this. They advanced the gospel. They acknowledged God. They asked for boldness. And number three, they advanced the gospel. Look at verse 31. The Bible says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Here it is, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Answered prayer. This is the point in the passage where most people give a disclaimer. Something like this. Results not typical. Do not expect God to work. This is just a nice story to get us all to think a little bit. I've heard people say, and I believe it, to some extent, the book of Acts is a unique book. We can't expect God to do everything that he did in the book of Acts now. And I'm not going to say that I'm standing here in front of you today waiting for the, the walls to start to shake. But I just happen to believe that God can still work. I just happen to believe that God can still fill people with the Holy Spirit. I believe this is a true picture of what God wants to do at Bible Baptist Church. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Again, I'm not necessarily asking for the place to physically shake and the walls to come crashing down. I'm not necessarily asking for that. But you know what I am asking for and what I expect God to do? I expect God to shake me. Shake me up. I want God to shake you up. Say, listen, let's get focused here. Let's focus on what it is that we're supposed to do. The church is not a prevailing church if we are not filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're not speaking Jesus Christ with boldness. It's not a prevailing church. We don't progress if the gospel is not going forward. We do not progress if there's a people not filled with the Holy Ghost. We do not progress if we do not have a people that are speaking boldly of Christ. We do not progress. Please remember, this is unity. Remember, they're all in one accord. This is a group of people that are all together, praying these particular things. So tonight, I'd like to challenge you in much the same way as I did 70 days ago. I want to challenge you, number one, to praise God. To praise God in acknowledging His power and realizing His knowledge. Realizing who He is. If you will, this is what I see it practically. This is the type of prayer I would like to maybe hear from you folks. And I believe God would be happy with this. God... You know the condition of St. Thomas or London or wherever you're living. God, you know the struggles. You know the problems. You know the minor set, setbacks we face. God, you know my frame. You know how nervous I am. You, you know how weak I am. You know how... how, how uh, you fill in the blank. You know how frustrated I can get. Whatever, you know my weakness You know my shortcomings, but you are more powerful than any world philosophy or any setbacks or any threatenings we may ever incur. You spoke the world into existence. You can overcome my weakness. You know, after all, God did say, in weakness, you are strong. So that's number one. Realizing the power of God. Realizing his knowledge. Number two, I would like to challenge you secondly to ask God for boldness to speak his word. And boldness to live for him. It's not a hard challenge. I'm just asking you for the next 66 days again. To ask God for boldness to speak his word, for boldness to live, and just acknowledging who he is. I've said this before. But if every person in this room, all they did was just look at Jesus Christ. Realize what he did. Easter's coming up. This is easy to do, especially this time of year. We just look at him and spend time with him just reflecting on what he did. Listen, I'm not, I'm not even saying let's, let's spend time hours upon hours in the Bible. No, listen, if every person in this room would just realize what Christ did for them, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, then I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, listen, and be not, trans, or be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Why? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable and, excuse me, and perfect will of God. This is where God wants us. God wants us acknowledging who he is and what he's done for us and saying, God, now, because I acknowledge who you are, give me the boldness. Give me the boldness to do what it is that you died for me to do. One illustration and I'll close. Maniac of Gadara. Cutting himself. Crying at night. Running around naked. Demon possessed. Meets Jesus. Jesus calls out the demons from him. He sends them into a herd of swine. They go crashing off of a cliff. And the Maniac of Gadara is so thankful for what Christ has done. He falls down at the feet of Jesus and basically begs God. Says, please, let me go with you. Let me be one of your disciples. Let me be one of your followers. Let me stay with you. Let me me ride in the boat with you. You know what Jesus says? No. You see, when we get saved, at least I'm this way right now. I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to be with him. I love my family. I love every, uh, I love a lot of things about life. But I'll be honest with you, I just want to be with Christ. But so far, he said no. Still alive. But he said, listen, because of what I've done for you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go. And I want you to tell everyone how your life has been changed. The next time we see the maniac of Gadara, we really don't see him. We see the term Decapolis. The Bible says that at once, one time, they were asking Jesus to leave. The man of maniac of Gadara was from Decapolis. And the next thing you know, they're bringing sick and lame and blind. And if somebody would just get a hold of this, people would start coming to Jesus. Start flooding in this place. The gospel would be advanced. And the place would shake. God's work done God's way will never let God supply. Let's pray.